Wade. And I'm Joanna Graff. And this is the Expanded Universe Comlink, your home for responses to all things Star Wars Legends. As you can hear, we are joined once again by Joanna. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Brian? I am excellent, you know, like I'm getting ready to, getting ready to talk about some feedback, and uh, we've got some pretty pretty good feedback to this episode uh, of Tales of the Bounty Hunters. Good, good. I haven't read any. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to read these, especially especially our very first one, uh, because uh, let's just get into it. Our very first one was uh, sent in by Autumn Greer. Oh, friend uh, of the show, Autumn Greer. No, noted friend of the show and uh, personal, personal, personal hero. Yeah, she's great. Uh, Love you, and Autumn. And she, uh, she writes in, uh, questions for Tales of the Bounty Hunters. One. Why does Vader have to outsource this job? And is this really the best that the, that the galaxy has to offer? Aside from Boba Fett, these bounty hunters are not good at their jobs. Well, I mean, <laughs> clearly Vader does have to outsource this job. I mean, how long were those probe droids looking before they found a rebel base? And that was a whole base. They're looking for just one guy. Well, okay, so the probe droids were also working for IG-88, so... Yeah. Maybe they just weren't sending Vader the information that they should have been. I guess. Fair enough. But I guess that also that, that also brings up that maybe IG-88 was better at his job than, yeah. than you would argue. Uh, and <laughs> in response to uh, these bounty hunters being not that good at their job, I mean, it seems to me like uh, if they were really so inclined that uh, both Dengar and... Forlom and Zuckus were well on their way to getting in with the rebels, and that seems like it's a good plan. Yeah, I think maybe maybe they weren't that great at capturing Han Solo, but like nobody was really that great at capturing Han Solo. Yeah, I mean even Boba Fett like couldn't keep him forever. Yeah, I mean, I Han, mean Han ended up killing that dude while he was blind. Yeah, yes, it just <laughs> blundered into him and set off that jetpack. Seems yeah. like an oversight. Yeah, so uh, I think that answers that question. Uh, two from the book. <clears throat> Han had ceased to wonder how mu- about how much it had all cost. The New Republic had paid for it all. He'd never even seen a bill. Is Han Solo a scrub, as defined in the 1999 hit single by TLC? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yep, I think, I think that's definitely true. Yeah. Uh, he is also known as Buster. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, three. Joan, who is your favorite Sith Lord? It's okay if you don't pick Darth Plagueis. We will still be friends. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, Autumn, because it's not Darth Plagueis. In fact, I'm probably <laughs> going to go with a poll that is maybe a little bit deeper than uh, you've read into Star Wars. Though maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you've been like really busy with your extracurricular activities. But um, I'm going to go with Darth Revan. Okay, Darth Revan is a good is a good Sith Lord. Uh, yeah, I'm into it, and we will. Uh... We, we, we will have Excuse we will me. have that in the show notes for anybody that doesn't know who he is. Do you want me to get into or, it just a little bit, yeah. or do you? Just yeah, wanna... go ahead. Okay. Or do you? Or I, I guess we could wait until because I, I I'm pretty certain you're going to talk a lot about Darth Revan in, in the history section of this podcast. Aren't yeah, you? yeah, we are. Okay. So well, stay tuned, listeners. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh yeah. Keep listening so that you can hear Joan's thoughts on Darth Revan. <clears throat> All right, four. Joan, I want you to bring me Brian Wade. There will be a substantial reward if you also find the scale model of the Millennium Falcon that he probably owns and keeps in his room. You're free to use any methods necessary, but I want him alive. No disintegrations. How will you bring him in to me and how many Imperial credits will it cost me? 
Uh, so, you see, I actually already have this plan that's, like, been in motion for a really long time. See, uh, Brian Wade is going to show up at your house, uh, even without me, uh, very shortly. Uh, and this was all engineered by me in order to uh, fulfill this contract. So, uh, I'll take, mm, I'd say for all the hard effort I put in, uh, 120000 That's not reasonable. Uh, seems, the Millennium Falcon will be an uh, extra bonus of um, 20,000 credits. Yeah, because now you, now you have to convince me to bring my Millennium Falcon with me to to their house. Yeah. There uh, there you go. Uh, alternatively, alternatively, if you needed a, a, a slightly more involved answer, uh, I would just dangle some roguelikes in front of him and put him in a bag. <laughs> yep, no, that's pretty much, yep, you caught me. <laughs> you, caught the, you caught the tater. Uh, <laughs> Would you like anyway, me to read what Fletcher says? Yes. <laughs> uh, this may have been the first EU material I ever came in contact with. Uh, because an incredibly pale kid visiting our cousins in Hawaii. Okay, sorry. Because as an incredibly yes. pale kid yep. visiting our cousins in Hawaii, I began de- uh, devouring our relatives' bookshelves rather than going anywhere near the sun, which I totally approve of. The sun is awful. Understand this. Um, (laughs) Editorializing. Uh, My choices were a wall of Battletech novels or Tales of the Bounty Hunters. I don't really recall Jack and shit about Battletech. (laughs) It's probably because most... uh, The most tonal whiplash... It's probably the most tonal whiplash I think I've ever had reading a short story collection because there were interesting tales. Uh, the fall of Boba Fett weaving through a few of them. And there were some dumb segments. Uh, we all know he- <laughs> what I mean, IG... Blech. We all know I mean IG-88 here, so fuck that. <laughs> all in all, uh, just prob- jumping just jumping in real quick before you continue. Um, yes. I could absolutely hear Fletch saying that that yes. last sentence. Yeah, I, like, I, that is one hundred percent a voice that I heard that in Fletch's voice as you were reading it. I was trying my best <laughs> to imitate the inflection while also not stumbling over my own reading. Uh, um, <laughs> all in all, it's probably one of the best concepts for a collection based off of the films. Here are a bunch of dangerous men, most of whom vanish from the plot what do those dudes do but in writing this it reminds me that of the horrible bloat that this concept became in time where every unnamed mook got their own story arc ship heroic save the republic chapter down the line as a mess i'm sorry as less and less untouched content existed for writers to work with from the original material. I just depressed myself. Thanks, nerds. <laughs> this is a this is 100% the kind of responses that I that I want from Fletcher at all times. Yeah. No, nope, that perfect. Yep. <laughs> thank you for that, Fletcher. I, yes, thank I, you. I, Sorry that you, I put I, I, I think that you more or less agree with most of the things that I feel about this book. Uh, I, especially the IG-88 thing, he actually, um, if you remember in his, <clears throat> in his, uh, his com link, uh, he may or may not have like intimated that yeah. he really hated that. And we talked about it after we got off mic. He was like, he was like, you know, I'm in IG-88 there. I was like, yep, I know, I know, I know, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
So that is uh, that is Fletcher's response. Thank you, Fletcher. Yes, thank you. And then our final response is from Mai, uh, new new writer but old friend. Yes, love you, Mai. <clears throat> yep. And uh, Mai says, "I love to bash on Boba Fett, probably probably because he is a fan favorite in contract contrast to how lame he is." I think his outfit looks dumb. He has like three lines. He dies in a dumb way, and he only gets Han Solo because the Darth because Darth Vader hands him over. It may as well be nepotism. However, I think Tales of the Bounty Hunters is a good representation of what makes expanded universe content great. Yes, it is basically published fan fiction, but in Empire, you have a scene with Darth Vader hiring uh, a Gand, a Droid, a Corellian, a Trandoshan, and a Mandalorian. That's about it. And the fans developed these characters. And their entire races because of one scene with background characters that sparked the imagination of everyone and because it seemed out of place to what we knew of the Empire. Specifically, I like how they are explored in the Knights of the Old Republic games, but there's an amazing amount of content, there's an amazing amount of comics, games, and books exploring more and more about this world, all coming from a group of extras and makeup and costumes. I love it. Uh, And then she has P.S. Boba Fett is lame, and the only thing good about Mandalorians are the Tong. Fair enough. Yeah, no, uh, it, it, it's super cool the way that, um, again, like Mai said, that uh, a few characters in a scene uh, sp- uh, spiraled into so much development. Yeah, yeah. And there's I've, a lot I've of really been cool big... stuff that came out of, I mean, especially the Gand and the Trandoshan, like, mm-hmm. there's some really cool stuff. Yeah, there are like cool aliens. Like that's like that's you know when we get into the other tales of like when, uh, like we talked about in the last episode of doing tales of the Mos Eisley Cantina coming up, um, like those are just like background characters that you see for like a half a second. In yeah, exactly, and like you know, like like my said, it is basically public published fan fiction. But like, it's cool to like learn about these alien races that like you otherwise would have had no idea about. It's dope. I like it. Star Wars is cool. Yeah, that, totally. 100%. <laughs> if I didn't like Star Wars, I don't think I'd be here. That's true. I've been trying to get Liam to come on this podcast for a while, and he really hates Star Wars. <laughs> uh, do you he really do think it. that that would make good content? I think it'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, so those are our responses. Uh, thank you very much uh, to yes. everyone for writing in. Thank you, everybody. These were, these were very good responses. I appreciate them greatly. So good. And so now, uh, we're jumping off of what you were talking about earlier, and also because Mai talked about the Knights of the Old Republic games again, uh, tell me about the Old Republic games, Joan. Why do you like them so much? Uh, so, when I very first played the Old Republic games, which was relatively close to when they came out, I had not actually played any D&D at the time. Uh, so these are um, role-playing games, for anyone that doesn't know, that is roughly um, based on third edition uh, D&D mechanics uh, that have, Mm -hmm. of course, been retrofitted to be Star Wars themed. So um, all the magic is now mostly force powers. And uh, so I had a really difficult time with the game initially because I, the idea of like stat modifiers and uh, point buying and plus one gear and all that sort of stuff um, wasn't a language that I was fluent in. Uh, the story and the characters was all like interesting and cool enough to me that I kind of got into it. And then I got to the final boss, which is super duper hard, especially if you're not well optimized. And I had to drop all of the thousand mines I collected in my adventure to get Darth Malak to walk over them and win the fight for me. <laughs> That's um, pretty great. Uh, I, I've heard that story from multiple people, unfortunately. Yeah, um, uh, the, but I, that's that's also like the kind of like weird thing that you want to happen in like a D and D game. 
yes. But the- like I, I, so uh, we can talk about D and D for a minute uh, yeah. while we're talking about this. Um, like my 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 main character that I play in D and D is a half orc barbarian, um, and like he really likes like he's got a big great axe and he really likes hitting things with his great axe. But like, I think the most hilarious combat encounters are things when I don't use the great axe and like I just like most of the time it's like grappling stuff, right? For me yeah. with Gortac, uh, Gortac Gortac will like you know jump on jump on some beast. Like on its back, and then just like rip its jaws apart, like with his hands. Yeah, and that's you know that's 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 the kind of hilarious things that you want out of out of a D and D game more than just like oh I used my lightsaber like seventeen times and it and then I killed the guy. So that's that's funny. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah, no, it that it, it's perfect. And eventually, one day, I became literate in D and D, and also literate in min maxing like a uh, crazy obsessive person and had characters that could just beat the boss easily without resorting to such nonsense anyway mm-hmm. uh so uh one of the principal characters because it is your player character uh is a guy known or girl as i prefer especially because knights of the republic 2 uh totally confirmed revan as being female even yes, though yep. then old republic the mmo confirmed him as being male so well um Revan is gender fluid. Yes. Uh, Revan we'll go with uh, that. was a uh, Jedi uh, that led uh, the Jedi in a fight against the Mandalorians in way, way back a time. And after the Mandalorian Wars fell to the side of the Sith and became Darth Revan, where um, she tried to pretty much take over the galaxy. Um, she got betrayed by her apprentice, as all Sith do, and uh, was recaptured <laughs> by the Jedi, had their mind wiped, and that's where you start at the beginning of Knights of the Old Republic, is yes. this great Jedi slash great Sith that is now a random mook in the Republic Navy. Uh, and your story is one of finding their past and uh, coming to terms with the galaxy for better or ill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's a really great time. And so uh, Darth Revan is my favorite because Darth Revan is the one that I have the most personal attachment to because I've played this character. Yeah, and that makes sense. Also, uh, you you got a corrupt Bastila and be, uh, a Dark Lord once again because flip-flopping between Jedi and Sith, Jedi and Sith over and over and over is perfect. <laughs> So uh, what's uh? Tell me about when you saw the movies for the first time. Like, what was your first experience with Star Wars? Okay, so uh, a little bit before I saw the movies, um, I was a young child. Um, I would say I'm going to guess about three or four uh, when I was visiting my grandparents' house uh, with my family, and uh, in the playroom were a set of really old original. Uh, Star Wars action figures. And these okay. belonged to my uncle when uh, he was a child and were just around for the younger uh, grandkids to play with when they came around. And so. So we're, we're talking like the old shitty, like Kenner action figures, right? Yes. Very okay, old, those are great. very shitty. And I, I love them because. That's <laughs> Me too. How I got introduced to Star Wars. And so I played the stupid with all fucking, these. Like, I, I'm sure I've talked about this multiple times yeah. at this point, but that stupid fucking Luke with the lightsaber that comes out of his palm. Yes, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Uh, and it, the, my favorite was always the dumb gonk droid. Yeah. <laughs> 
anyway, uh, that captured my imagination when I was super tiny. And my parents were both uh, into Star Wars as they were coming out. So I'm sure they would have exposed me to it as I was growing up. But especially because I uh, really, really liked those little toys. Um, mm-hmm. Once they thought I was old enough to appreciate it, they actually showed me Spaceballs first. Because that oh, is more likely to entertain a small child. What with yeah. like things like Spaceballs, the flamethrower. Uh, Jeremy, have you watched Spaceballs yet? Yeah, Jeremy, have you watched Spaceballs yet? Um, <laughs> Turn off his podcast if you haven't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I had a lot of affection for that. And then I was shown the um, actual films as I actually started getting to like, I don't know, six or seven, somewhere where I would be able to sit through the slow bits. Yeah. Um, and that's somewhere around the time that the um, the special editions were out in theaters. And I distinctly remember going with my family to see those special editions in the theaters and i thought it was the coolest thing ever because i was not very old i could probably figure out exactly do you know what year that was was 1997 okay so i was eight there we go uh and uh i thought it was so cool and there's uh uh job of the hut walking around most icely in episode four and i'm totally all into it because of course i was uh and uh, so I kind of just had an affection for Star Wars, you know, ever since. And I collected my own uh, huge um, batch of Star Wars figures. And pretty much whenever my parents were at Walmart or Target or whatever, it was time <laughs> to go over to the Star Wars aisle and uh, yep. pick out uh, another one of those little figures. And I had all sorts of spaceships like, uh, I think, did Chris Katarn have a spaceship that was released in that set? Or Kyle Katarn? Uh, Kyle Katarn, but yes, I want to say that he did have a ship that was released in toy form. Like, I think I had one of those. I definitely had a snowspeeder, like, all sorts of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, then the um, episode one started coming out, and I was still young enough that I was into it, even if um, I didn't like it as much. Uh, and... Around the time episode two would come out, I had grown old enough to regard the entire universe as everything was cynical and awful. So um, while I did watch it and I did enjoy it, um, it wasn't with that same uh, glee that I did when um, I was younger. Um, Yeah. And I enjoyed it enough that I went to see episode three, which I thought was okay. not well enough that I ever watched it again. I still have only seen that movie that one time in the theaters. Although mm-hmm. the book, the book, the book is pretty good. Even if it made yeah. me think some uh, angry things towards uh, Anakin. But <laughs> um, yeah, uh, somewhere in there I played uh, Knights of the Old Republic. And I really loved that. I know that I played uh, oh Shadows of the Empire. Is that the N64 one? Yes, it is. Some Rogue Squadron. Pretty much if there was a Star Wars game that I could have, I got it. I remember even when I was younger than for all of younger than I was when those games came out. Uh I had like a goofy PC game, Star Wars droids, where you just built droids and had them like run around these missions and there was no fighting or anything, but you just like go build a droid that's strong enough to move this crate and then you did and you move the crate and good job here's some parts build another droid <laughs> and um there was one that came out around episode one star wars pit droids where it was just this goofy puzzle game and i was totally into that i'm telling you 
I've played more than my fair share of Star Wars video games. But I never read yeah, any I'm, of the I'm, books. I'm right there with you. I never <laughs> read any of the books. Not until this podcast, and then I started following along. And it's been yeah. good. I had kind of written all of that stuff off as being uh, external and goofy and bad. Uh, just because of, uh, I think, other people kind of turning me against uh, the yeah, EU. Yeah, yeah. So I never yeah, I mean, really it, it definitely it has a like a, a stick. Definitely has like a pretty tarnished rep- reputation online. Yeah, um, and it was like it, it was interesting. Um, I don't know if you, I, I guess since you you probably weren't like in the thick of it, but a couple years ago when Disney announced that they were like uh, they were decanonizing the EU or whatever, um, there was like a big pushback on the internet, and it was very interesting for me to see because like I had spent a long time like liking the Star Wars expanded universe and like hearing a bunch of people just, like, always talking about how, like, the EU is stupid and, like, it doesn't need to exist. And so it was weird going from that to then hearing uh, people talking about how how it's, it's like, it's such a terrible thing for Disney to get rid of it, you know? Yeah, I was enough plugged in with um, Star Wars stuff uh, that I was aware that the battle was happening, but I'm sure that, you know, I didn't react the way that you were claiming to react, where it's kind of that whiplash from people hate on mm-hmm. it to people defending it. Um, Joan. Yes. I did some research about Star Wars pit droids. Yeah. Do you remember that the main pit droid that you played as, I assume, in that game was a dumb series pit droid? <laughs> uh, no, I cannot say that I remember that specifically. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and drop this in the in the chat, and we'll make sure that it goes in the show notes as well. But there's your dumb series pit droid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that there you go that sounds that 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 looks right yep star wars is great <laughs> star wars is perfect uh everyone can be haters and get out of here agreed um, uh but probably the one of the things that i have the most opinions about in most more recent star wars uh extra material is the MMO, The Old Republic. Yep. Now, in college, um, when I, old, The Old Republic came out, I was like, okay, I'm into Star Wars enough that I want to play this game. And I tried really hard to get a bunch of other friends playing this game. And I at the very least got one friend to play with me um, to max level on one of my characters. But I played this game enough to get eight separate characters to max level so I could experience all of the story content okay i was really 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 into the game now i uh, clearly i had played a lot of wow prior and i have a bad mmo bug um and i'm not really sure that i felt the gameplay was that much better than wow like i enjoyed it but um the parts that made it stand out to me was very much so the um story aspects of it like mm-hmm. it was very strange for an mmo to um express its story in that way to me at the time and i've recently been playing final fantasy 14 and there's a lot more emphasis on story there and latter day wow also has a greater emphasis on story somewhat but um the fact that like every npc you speak to every quest you have is voice dialogued um to me it gave a very large sense of immersion to the world and every single one of my characters I came up with some dumb place in the world for them and 
in that way I tried to select actions and uh, dialogue options that would uh, express themselves. Now that's limited because most people know Bioware, you pretty much have one of three options at any dialogue, so you can only control so much. But yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the nice option, the, the mean option, or the snarky option. Yeah, but, <laughs> you know, I get the bounty hunter character who um, will absolutely complete any job that he's getting paid to complete um, without betraying the job. Absolutely. As a character. Mm-hmm. And then you have plenty of opportunities, both light side and dark side, to betray people depending on if you're betraying someone bad or betraying someone good but the way that like the absolute loyalty to employer the way that ends up working out with the employer betraying you and like the final decision i get to make in that guy's um story is just being like fuck you and just like kicking this guy off a cliff and just like the one break at the end being it it felt good considering the way i was role-playing the character and in that way i think i probably built in more to the game than it had itself, but I have a really large affection for it regardless. I um, bailed out around the time the first expansion came out, which is around the time it went free-to-play, so I mm-hmm. cannot speak to the quality of the free-to-play or even the premium experience at this point, but, uh, you know, I have a lot of affection for it. I've never um, felt more like a Sith Lord than in the time during the Sith uh, Warriors story where you are breaking a Padawan to in, into being a Sith. And normally I think Sith are super trite and I kind of hate them and they're so stupid. But in that moment, I was so fucking into it. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, you... Uh, uh, Fletch talked about the Old Republic quite a bit in his uh, com link as well. And uh, one of the things that really st- st- stuck with me is like when he talked about the what was it the Imperial agent storyline? Yeah, where at some point you uh, initially when when that storyline was uh, was in beta or whatever, um, at some point you just like n- were no longer like you were stripped of your title. Yeah, because you were just like your own your own person or whatever. Yeah, and like that like that sounds amazing, and I'm really bummed that they took that out because that's the kind of concept that I'm here for. Yeah, the storyline ended the same, but the way that it doesn't um, it, like express itself the same way is kind of a bummer. And it, it makes sense that people don't want to have their stuff taken away, but at the same time, it's just not as thematically cool. Mm-hmm. That said, I totally toggled my um, uh, title off when I finished that quest, and the Imperial yeah. Agent is the one that I have the very most affection for. It's a good story. Yeah, that's yeah. everything I've ever heard about that game. I still haven't played it, but I will at some point, I promise. Um, if if you ever do, I'd be more than happy to play around with you because right. I have an MMO problem. And if <laughs> you have someone else playing with you, then that's one more story you can see without having to do it yourself. Yeah, and that is... Uh, I, I, I don't have an MMO problem. Um, and this isn't Star Wars related, but uh, back when I had a Hearthstone problem, uh, there was a thing where if you leveled a character up to level 20 in, in World of Warcraft, you could uh, get a, a hero, like a free hero, uh, in Hearthstone. Did you get like Kodgar or something? Yeah, I don't. I don't remember who it was. Uh, actually, I think it was um, it was the Lady Paladin, uh, Liadrin maybe. It's been a while since I've played WoW, so I I don't know. I can't think yeah, of any Lady it, Paladins. Yeah, uh, but anyway, uh, I was miserable for like it took me. First of all, it took me like you had to get to level twenty. It took me like ten hours to do that. 
And it was like two hours a night, like like once or twice a week, because that was all I could take. Um, and it was just like so miserable, like trying to push through this stuff because I just I don't know I just maybe I just don't get MMOs because I've never really really been a, been a MMO guy. Yeah, I mean it, but, it's a very different kind of game. Um, yeah, but I was also playing by myself, so yes. you know having having someone else to play with, I'm sure makes them better. Yeah, and I, it seems like most people's experience is just grinding away at them with yourselves, but it's always, it's far more joyous to, like, screw around with a buddy, because everything mm-hmm. is. Yeah, I mean, pl- playing video games and being on a microphone or sitting next to someone and talking to them during just makes every video game better. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so you do, uh, do you want to talk about the new movies at all? Do you have opinions on this? Oh, uh, yes, so... Uh, I know there's a lot of people who um, hate on uh, our wonderful episode seven, but I mm-hmm. really digged it. Um, I think that uh, in general, the way that uh, a lot of the handling of like, here's the action figures of the main characters, but not Ray, like that sort of shit is super shitty. But yep. um, uh, Ray doesn't get a lightsaber. Like, a yeah, cool... it's spoilers. I, 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 I it would could, be spoilers to give them. Ray a lightsaber. Yeah, I could understand, like, for the first wave, if they didn't do, like, a first wave Ray with a lightsaber. But, like, they should have been like, hey, we didn't do that in the first wave because we didn't want that to be out before the movie came out. But then after the fact, like, here is your Ray with a lightsaber. But they didn't even do that. Yeah, no, it's bad. Uh, That stuff's bad. I actually think the movies are pretty entertaining, even if it is a little bit... um... Uh, Retreading the same ground, but in that way, I think that it... The homage, um, I hope, is going to, as things change, um, matter more. And I'm kind of I think expecting with uh, the way that I would expect the Luke story to go um, for it to, you know, that the old Jedi ways didn't work <laughs> and that one of the important things about the Jedi that they need and do not have is love and that... I think that that sort of theme of not being alone uh, in the universe is one that can start really well with that first movie. So I'm hoping that the way that this ends up executing will be very good, as opposed to just, I am enjoying this, because this is the first time this has felt like Star Wars to me in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, I, I think I talked about this also. Like, I, I actually, one of my, one of my problems with... Uh, the way that they're handling the the new Star Wars experience or whatever, um, I, I, it's not like a major problem or anything. But I like I I definitely feel like they're like turning their nose up at the prequels a little bit, and I I can understand like listen like I get it like the prequels thematic like quality wise not great, but like strong themes like strong like visual design I think, and I think that, that that's maybe a little subjective because I know like Cole last month didn't said that he does he's not much of a fan of the uh, visual design. Uh, but I think it's great. Like it's, and it's interesting and it's like diverse. It's not like all the same stuff all the time. And so like, you don't have to like talk about like the terrible, like, like writing and stuff of the prequels to still like reference them. And so that was like, that was something that excited me a lot when, uh, they, they showed Vader's castle on Mustafar in Rogue One. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh my God, they're actually referencing the prequels. (laughs) Like, I can't believe it. Yeah. And and that was good that they aren't doing the full dark souls 2 dark souls 3 it doesn't it doesn't exist anymore mm-hmm. yep 
Yeah, yeah. The, again, retreading Cole's episode, uh, throwing the prequels down the memory hole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Rogue One. Um, Rogue One really worked for me, uh, and I think that's because I've played so many um, expanded universe video games that stories that are outside of the um, original movie um, sort of themes and storytelling are... Uh, can still feel very Star Wars to me. And so mm-hmm. the way that Rogue One is more of a war story than uh, than that same sort of Jedi hero, um, hero's story, regular monomyth kind of thing. Uh, yes. Totally, totally is cool to me. And I'm totally happy to see people who aren't Jedi um, having the opportunity to shine. Um, yes, I agree. Um, I think that a little bit, especially early on, it's kind of whiplashy um, with like, here's a place, here's a thing happening, here's a new place, here's a thing happening, and here are those guys from the cantina, and uh, I'm not really sure that all of the extended cast, like, had enough time to land well, but that final action scene is like, that's some peak Star Wars to me. Yeah, that's that's real masterful, masterfully done. It was really good, and uh, I really enjoyed the movie. So I, hopefully, the Han Solo one's good. I'm scared. I'm scared about that movie. There's been enough like weird rumors going around that I'm like, uh, I, I, I hope it's good. I and if it's it not good, good, it'll be I okay. Really because you know what? Not everything needs to be good all the time, and that just because some part of Star Wars is bad doesn't mean that the parts that I love of Star Wars are not still good. Yeah, I, you know, I agree with you. Like, I really do, but I need, like, a Han Solo thing to be good. I can't have that be the bad part of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, 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 he's he's my boy. I love him. Yeah, the, the scruffy nerf hoarder. Yeah. Do you have any other burning questions for me? Uh, you know, nothing that I can think of off the top of my head. I feel like we kind of answered everything. Good. We got your, we got your, uh, your introduction to Star Wars. We got your favorite Star Wars thing. We got what you think of the new stuff. That's, I feel like those are like the three most important questions, I think. Yeah. And and I got to keep reading. I got to keep getting those audio books for those um, ones that are coming up and hopefully they won't all be abridged. Yeah, you know, I was real mad that there wasn't an audiobook for this. Oh, there wasn't? I didn't nope. take the, lo- the time to look. Yeah, um, I, I I just want audiobooks for all of them now. <laughs> like, after yeah, I listened there's... to the Revenge of the Sith audiobook, like, yeah. I don't know if you listened to that audiobook yes, or not, or if you just read the book. That book is so good in audio! Yes, it is. The production and value just... in all of them, even um, Vector Prime that was so truncated, yeah. the production value was still great. Yes, it was. And, uh, so yeah, so, um... I'm, I'm going to try not to let that color the thing, the, the the choices that I make for books for this for this podcast. But uh, I want to I want a good audiobook. It's really nice to, and it's really nice for me specifically because like <clears throat> I can just listen to them while I'm working. Yeah, yeah and that way I'm doing two things at once. That's absolutely the way that I took in the last couple. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, Tales of the Bounty Hunters, Jones History is very good. Uh, Darth Revan. Everyone play Knights of the Old Republic. That's a that's a video game that I'm going to do for this show at some point. Uh, I'm not sure how you're going to translate that game into this um, 
into this format, but if I mean, if have you, you, need have you help, listened to Watch Out for Fireballs? I'm sorry, I tokened over you. What were you saying? No. I said, have you listened to Watch Out for Fireballs? Yes, I have. That's, that's more or less how I would do it. <laughs> Just not as good, because I'm not as good as Gary and Cole. Alrighty. But yeah, so, once again, thank you for being on this podcast with me. Uh, yeah, no, no problem at all. Thank you for having me. Yeah, what, uh... Do you want to tell the people, the fine people of the internet where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Wrench underscore Witch. Uh, you can find me at the Duckfeed Slack at the same name, Wrench Witch. Uh, and you can find uh, me on Gmail at Wrench underscore Witch 3 at gmail.com. Uh, mm-hmm. Feel free to reach out to me about um, Star Wars or telling me that uh, Old Republic is bad and that I wasted like too many hundreds of hours of my life or <laughs> that... You know, whatever. Be happy to speak with you. Yeah. Go follow Joan and tell her that, she, that she's great, because she is. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Wade Brian R. You can find the podcast on Twitter at LukeCast. That's Luke with eight U's. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can go to the website, which is expandeduniverse.online, and you can find everything there, including the schedule to the upcoming books, which are uh, next month. Dark Force Rising, uh, the second book in the Thrawn trilogy. And after that, Tales from the Moss Eisley Cantina. So, so just as, an, as a point of order, to anyone that really follows uh, that Twitter feed real close, they'll notice that I frequently call out Brian for forgetting <laughs> to tell us what books are next. And I was waiting. I was waiting to spring it on him in that last recording. And uh, he says that uh, the only reason he remembered is because I was here. And he That's true. didn't want to mess up. I, I could I could feel her standing over me, waiting to say it. <laughs> so finally, uh, I also want to thank uh, DJ AG for the use of our theme song, which is a remix of John Williams' Binary Sunset. And on that note, there's one final thing to say. May the force be with you, Brian. May the force be with you, Joan. Have a good evening, everyone.